It's great to have you here. It's great to be celebrating on Mother's Day, to be celebrating family, and to be celebrating our God, just rallying it all together. And, and um, you know, before we dive into the sermon here, I just want to take a moment and let you know we got an email that had come in this week, and I just, so I'm just going to throw this out to you guys, all right? So you've heard about the earthquake in Nepal that went on, right? That was about a week and a half back, and, and uh, devastating earthquake, and Uh, Several thousand people that have passed away that are known, and there's still more devastation that they're finding as they're moving along. And and, uh, so we received an email this week with some updates and summaries, and uh, obviously homes all over the place obliterated, and buildings down, and yes, churches down in the midst of that. And uh, we've had a number of you asking, hey, what could we do? Is there any place we can give? Is there a way the church could help us out with something where we could give into that financially? And so we're going to make an opportunity for this at the end. If you want to, it's not like whatever you feel God's doing, over and above giving, but if you want to give, we're going to end up having ushers at the back doors on the way out, and you can just drop something in there. Here's what we're going to be doing. Uh, There are 10, is that right, 10 churches in Nepal, or is it eight? Ten churches in Nepal that are Harvest Bible chapels, and then obviously thousands beyond that. And uh, of those ten churches, a number of people, 50 I think it is, that have lost homes and hundreds that have been injured and uh, even have lost their lives. And so we're going to be kicking towards some assist. All the harvests are rallying together. We're going to help rebuild some churches out there. We're going to help rebuild some homes. We're going to get some money to some families. If you want to be a part of that, that'd be awesome. Feel free to do that. You can uh, put your checks or your money in the offering on the way out, and we'll make sure that all, everything that's given there, 100% goes straight over to this Nepal gifts to be able to help out with that, all right? So if you want to be a part of that, feel free. You can just write Nepal in the memo or whatever you want to do there. We'll make sure it all goes there, whatever happens, all right? We want to make sure we give you an opportunity to do that. Quite frankly, we've been waiting to hear from them and uh, weren't sure what we'd be able to partner in. And so this will be going to build some churches and rebuild some homes over there in Nepal. If you want to be a part of that through us, feel free. If you've got some other avenue, we're great with that too. And uh, if this is a time where God's like, it's not the appropriate time to be giving over and above, we understand that as well, all right? So just work with your God, worship well there. Okay. So we are in a series called Lord of All. Lord of All. In fact, today we're closing it down. This is the last week of the series, Lord of All, and we've been walking through, starting from Easter, what does it mean to make Jesus Christ not just Lord of some, not Lord of most, but Lord of everything in my life, Lord of all? And uh, how do we go after that? And we started Easter Sunday, and we had uh, around almost 30 people trust Christ as Savior. Just an awesome day, as huge amounts of commitment towards Him. And then over the next weeks, we talked about our attitude and our tongue and and even our finances and what does it look like to make much of our God as we run after him, Lord of all. And uh, today we're looking at the close, the capstone piece, uh, Lord, even, yes, of my family. How do I make sure that Jesus Christ has put center stage in my home? How do I lift up my family and honor God. That's what we're going to be looking at today. So turn with me, if you will, to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy 6, starting in verse 1. We got ushers coming forward. They got Bibles in their hands. So if you need a Bible, just raise your hand and they'll get one to you, all right? Deuteronomy 6 is where we're going. Just raise your hand and keep it up. They'll get a Bible to you. We're going to walk verse by verse through this section and uh, learn how to make the Lord all in our family. May he be celebrated as number one. All right. Uh, First point here. 
First step in making him Lord of all in our family, know and obey God's commands. Duh, right? Know and obey God's commands. Like, let's make sure we understand what God wants to be about and what he's calling us to. And yes, that's a key part to it, but there's way more than that, and we're going to get to that. Let's just make sure we get the things in order that um, were put down in order here by Moses. So here we go. He starts out in verse 1. Now, this is the commandment the statutes and the rules that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you that you, may be, uh, that you may do them in the land to which you are going over, to possess it. Right? This is Moses talking, and he's talking to the nation of Israel. You got to picture it. He stands up in front of a million plus people, and he's beginning to reveal out to them the plan. And as he looks at them, he recognizes He's not going with them. He just heard that two chapters ago in Deuteronomy, in Deuteronomy chapter 4. Moses is the one who led them out of Egypt. Moses is the one who led them through the 40 years in the wilderness. Moses is the one who was directing them and guiding them and shaping them along the way to follow their God. That was Moses, not going with them into the promised land. Some other stories on that that we won't get into. And so he steps up in Deuteronomy 5, the chapter right before where we're at, and he says, Here's the commandments I've been told to give to you. He walks through the Ten Commandments and some shaping on those Ten Commandments, okay? This is the summary after giving the Ten Commandments to the nation of Israel who's going forward into the promised land that he's not allowed to go into. Moses. He says, Now this is the commandment, the statutes and the rules that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you. This is the commandment in the singular, right? It's not commandments. This is the commandment. So there's this collective group. He says right after it, the statutes and the rules. There's this collective group of the things to be about, and we're going to call it overall the commandment. This is what you're going to go after, this little package here. I want you to follow after it big. And, and right now he's like, And so for all of you who are thinking, there goes Moses again, always has to tell us what to do, right? There goes Moses, Mr. I'm in charge. Hey, we're the ones allowed to go over and you're not. And what's with you getting in our face? And he's like, let me just answer this for you. Thus saith the Lord, right? The Lord your God commanded me to teach you. Like, see, this is what's going on. God had some things to say, and I'm just sharing it across. I'm being faithful to what God asked me to be faithful to. Now, will you please do the same? Right? That, that's what's happening here. And a huge moment is he says, I've been commanded to teach you. There is no more powerful phrase than thus saith the Lord. Okay? And I'm just telling you, we have uh, four pillars here at Harvest, and one of them is we proclaim the authority of God's word without apology. Why? Thus saith the Lord. We will open up his word, we will reveal what his word has to say, and we will walk through it teaching his word. And uh, there is high authority in thus saith the Lord. There is low authority in, you know, I was thinking last week. So I got a little speech for you, and let me open up a magazine article I read, and, and a low authority there, high authority in God and what he has to say, right? Everybody say high authority. 
and that's why Moses is sharing what he's sharing. This is what I was commanded to teach you, and these commandments that I've just walked through, he says, purpose statements now. I'm sharing these commands for purpose. Just so you know, there is high value in knowing what God calls us to. And uh, what would those values be? There's actually five written here. He says, that, mean, that you may do them in the land in which you are going over to possess it. Like, I'm just telling you, if you want to make sure that things go well as you're trying to take over this land called Canaan, there's some things you better be right with God on, okay? And God's got blessing in the midst. He'll share it over. Part of the plan here is to do these things while you take over that land. God gives us the privilege of being managers of property. And he allows us to, in a way, put our name on it, to possess it. But may we never miss this. Everything is God's. And he is allowing us to be shared out with and to go after some things, to possess those things, and, uh, but for his honor and for his glory. And uh, Moses is like, don't miss it, man. Getting the land isn't all about you time now. Make sure it's still all about God. And uh, God's got some big things going on in it. He says to possess it. Here's the second impact. That you may fear the Lord your God. Did you know that? That when you know his commands and when you try to execute on his commands, it actually builds a reverence and an awe in you. Did you know that? Like there's a part of you that gets stirred and you start to understand more of him. Why? Because you start getting this. Man, I cannot get this thing to work. What's up with me? Why do I keep failing here? But God, you never fail, right? And man, God, I am constantly struggling with, and one more time, this family member really bothers me, God, right? And it's just me that says that, right? And you're not in our tight home. In our home, it's maybe me that bothers you. I don't know. Awkward moment. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> so, uh, hey, you know what? The bottom line is we wrestle with our sin, right? We wrestle with our struggles, and, uh, and our God does not wrestle. And I love how James McDonald says it. He runs the universe with his feet up. God's got this thing easily in hand, man. And may we trust in him. And the more we see his commands and see the perfection and holiness of our God and the imperfection of us, it builds an awe and a fear and a reverence of our almighty king. And uh, the more we obey and the more we know of his call to, go, to obey, the more our God is awesome in our eyes. And here's the beautiful part. The worship, the fear, the awe, it doesn't just stop with us. Look what it says right after it. You and your sons and your sons' sons as well. Like it will be passed down through your family as you properly worship your God and grasp who he is. I'm telling you, it becomes contagious. Your family starts gathering what it looks like to worship and they follow suit. They get the valuing of their God. They start seeing him in light of how you see him and how God's working with you. And it does a huge work in our lives and in our kids' lives. Man, may we constantly be praying that our kids come to worship their almighty God and that it starts by watching us worship our almighty God. May we understand our call to it. 
He says, the fear that comes by keeping all his statutes and his commandments, not by just knowing them, but by keeping them. Everybody say, by keeping them. Oh, that's, a big, that's a big order. I'm just going to keep them all. That's all I'm going to do. And don't worry, we got a little bit more coming on that in point number two. Hang on. It says, which I command you all the days of your life, third value, that your days may be long, that your days may be long. Have you ever noticed that when you run after life and you make it all about personal feelings and, and comforts and it's just going to be all about me, man, and uh, those people tend to train wreck into things like uh, self-absorption, addiction, drugs, alcohol, sex that's outside of God's bounds. It eats you alive, man. It's eating your soul alive. It's eating your flesh alive. It, it ages you. It does age you to run away from God and try to do it your own way. And there's so many people who try to live selfishly and sinfully, and they find a shortening in their lives, a shortening in their passions, and they, they just eat you up. And he's like, I'm just telling you, your days will be long as you worship your God and last in him. Now, this is not a guarantee, right, that you won't have a brain tumor and surgery needed, for example, that you won't have tough struggles. That's not how we read this, but what he is saying is, I'm telling you, compare it against what it looks like to run for yourself, and things are going to look a lot better. Honor your God. Trust your God. Walk with him through whatever he walks you through, okay? But know this, there is no better place than close to his side, okay? That's what he's saying here. He says, hear therefore, O Israel, and be careful to do them, that it may go well with you, and that you may multiply greatly. God's talking about how he's going to bless the nation, and he'll bless them as there's obedience. He'll pour into their lives. He'll allow children and children's children, and he'll allow this multiplying of the nation as there is obedience to follow him. And a uh, huge deal. He says here, as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you in a land flowing with milk and honey. And uh, it's not a desolate desert. There's a lot of opportunity. And I got to tell you, in a lot of ways, America is a land flowing with milk and honey. A lot of privilege, a lot of freedoms, a lot of opportunities. And how often we take those and make them just for me. And we get distracted into the selfish pleasures of our, our own whim. And we miss that we could be putting God first and learning all about his glory and grandeur. And what a privilege we have to know him and put him center stage. And uh, President Abraham Lincoln, middle of the Civil War, he decided, and he didn't do it a lot, but he said, let's have a prayer breakfast. Call together as many pastors and ministers and key leaders as we can. Let's do a prayer breakfast. And uh, as President Abraham called it together and they began to share and different people began to share out thoughts they had, hopes they had, visions that they would hope could come through and how we could rally this thing together, how the war could be shortened and ways that they could support each other. And there were some great insights and a lot of good listening as people heard them. And finally, one of the pastors stood up and he said, uh, let's pray. Let's pray that God be on our side in this thing and that God move quickly. President Abraham or Lincoln stood up and he said, let's not. Let's not ever pray that God be on our side. Let's pray that we be on his. 
Let's make sure we understand where God is moving and we get with him. Now, that's a prayer I can back. Are you with me? And everybody rallied together on that prayer. And how often do we try to say, God, will you please get with me here? I'm trying to do something. Right? And we miss it. And God's doing something. Let's get on his side. Let's see what he's doing. See where he's moving. Let's know of his commands. Let's be obedient to them. And let's watch God move. And all of God's people said, how our families can be lit up on fire for Jesus Christ. We know and obey his commands. Simple question, how are you doing at letting God define your purpose and your direction? How are you doing at that? How are you doing at saying, Lord, what's your side and where do I need to get on this thing? How are you doing at making sure you understand his commands and you're following through? that a commitment even today, Lord, may I know you and where you're headed, that I might honor you all the more, all right? Second step in our families, uh, being all in for him, love the Lord your God with all you have. Love the Lord with all you have. This starts out here, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And I love this passage. Uh, This is actually called the Shema. Okay? Why? Because it starts out with the word hear in Hebrew. In Hebrew, you say hear by saying the word Shema. Everybody just say the word with me. Shema. Say it one more time. Shema. You know this afternoon you're going to be like, what was that word? Shema. That's the word. And it means hear. It's in the command form. This is something you must do. Hear this, Israel. It means open your ears and may it sink into your brain. Get this, all right? And uh, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. This is what it sounds like in the Hebrew. Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad. That sounds tough no matter what, right? Even if you don't know it. You're like, I love that sound. I'm going to make that sound all day. (sighs) Right? And... uh, and uh, that's what they would say. Is it was multiple times throughout the year. Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And uh, there's actually a little bit of, they wrestle with what the translation is in best here. Is it the Lord is one or is it that the Lord alone stands, right? Literally, it says the Lord, one. That's literally what it says. And uh, I think there's a strong emphasis here, and most agree this is a strong emphasis on you're moving into Canaan, a massive land of polytheism. You know what that means? Many gods is their viewpoint. Lots of little G. Lots of little G gods everywhere. And and so while they're working with this God over here and they're trying to get right with him, he seems to be blessing them. Things are going okay. But this God over here, he's kind of whimsical in another direction and he kind of comes down on me and and all of a sudden all all the things start going wrong. And you hear what they're doing? They're trying to explain the broken nature of this world by applying it up into the Godhead and making him broken. Are you hearing that? Polytheism. This broken world must be all the gods are broken. Uh, no, man, it's all of us that are broken. Right? That's the news flash. And, and so they stand up and they're like, check this. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. 
There are not many little gods running around fighting with each other. There is one God. He is unity. He is awesome. He is unique. There is nothing like him. We will worship him with all we've got. The Lord, our God. He is unique. Worship him with all we have. That's what Moses is calling them out to, man. And as they enter into a land that is steeped with selfishness, they are looking up and saying, what do you want done, almighty, unique, oneness, God? Now, that's a plan. And uh, Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad. And uh, love it. The next part, he says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And uh, here's the plan. How do we respond to this God who is so unique, so one? Uh, love him. Pour it on. And uh, let's just be clear. 1 Corinthians 13 tells us how to love, so I just wrote a few down here. See, when we think about love God, I'm not even sure what we think of, but check these words. Be patient with God. Does that sound weird? What are you talking about? He didn't do anything wrong. It's me. And I'm telling you, how often do we criticize our God? Because we don't see what he's doing, and so we get at, like, God, come on. What's your timing, man? What's... That's not love. The impatience is rearing up. It's selfishness and patience. It says, be kind. and Be kind to your God. He's in charge of the universe, and he's running it well. It's us that's messing it up. Be kind. In your word choice, in your honoring of him, celebrating him and setting him apart, and not insisting on your own way. Oh, I thought that's what prayer was. Isn't that what I'm supposed to do? I'm supposed to come in and insist on my own way for a while and then see if I get it? And uh, the answer to that is a no, right? Prayer is, Lord, I'm trying to set myself in alignment with you. If you're trying to wrestle with what prayer looks like, look at Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane as he sets it down and says, here's what I'm thinking, but your will be done. Right now, that's prayer. Like, God, I'm, I've got some detailed thought, but I'm willing to have it totally adjusted because you clearly know more than me. And uh, do not insist on your own way. Lay it before him and let him lead. And uh, bears all things, endures all things, never ends. Love the Lord your God. And uh, Make sure you're spending time relating to him where you're honoring him and you're reflecting on all that he's doing in your life and you're appreciating him and it doesn't come to an end. May God be glorified. And uh, all right, love the Lord your God. Great, got it. Then he says, with all your heart, all your soul, all your might. Notice he doesn't say with some of your heart, a eh, little of your soul, none of your might. Don't worry about that, right? He's not going through and piecing it out. He's like, everything, man, give it all. Give how much? And that's the kind of love we're supposed to go after. All your heart, all your soul, all your might. Just so you know, in the Hebrew, the word heart it does not mean what it means today in the English. In the English today, heart kind of means like emotions, right? I'm not sure, I'm not sure where his heart's at on that. Just kind of the stirring of emotions. And, but, but in the Hebrew, the heart means that thinking center, that feeling center, and that desiring center. All of it packaged together. It's your mind and your emotions and your will all packaged up in one thing called the heart. 
So yes, get your mind and your emotions and your will all going after it. By the way, just so you know, when we preach in here, our goal is to inform the head and stir the emotions and challenge the will, making sure that the whole of us is getting invested in to going after him, all right? Big deal. And it says all, all of your heart. And then it says all your soul. And uh, interesting word search on that. If you actually go dive back in, the word soul there uh, actually shows up in Genesis 1 and in Genesis 2, and it says that there are only certain creatures that have this, and it says very specifically that God breathed into man this soul, this life. The very thing that God has poured into you as he's breathed in and given it to you, he's like, now live that out fully, giving it back to me, Lord of all. Are you hearing it? And... uh, It's like, well, hey, that sounds kind of selfish. God's like, make it all about me. Well, when you can speak and create a universe, you can make it all about you. And until then, we need to respond to him, right? Let's be fair. This is creator, sustainer, provider, redeemer. We can't come close to what he does. Lord, you have my attention. I'm giving you my all, all my heart, all my soul, all my might. Yes, I'm making my hands and feet get engaged in this thing, all my might. And uh, man, may we be fully engaged, not partially engaged in going after it. And uh, notice what it says now. It says uh, that once we do that, and these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You hearing it? If you love then the commands are on your heart. See, what comes first is the loving. Then comes second is the commands on your heart, meaning he has written into your desires to desire him. He has written into your mind to think like he thinks and value what he values. He's writing onto your soul after you love with all you've got. Don't we usually think it's backwards? Aren't we like, figure out everything that he wants, every rule that he's got. We start doing every one of them, and over time, we'll start loving him. And, uh, but that's not what the Scripture says. It says, love the Lord your God, and he'll write these things on your heart. Huge deal. And, uh, man, you want to shape into your children's lives? Don't teach them to just manage the exteriors. That's giving them the rules teach them to love the Lord their God. It brings a passion for knowing those commands, and he writes, the Holy Spirit starts doing the work on their soul. Huge deal. And it doesn't mean we still don't have some boundaries and some thoughts as we're training up little ones, but loving God is a must. Otherwise, we just get behavior modification all over the place. And I'm telling you, that just busts out. Usually somewhere between the ages of 15 and 21, it goes nuts. And uh, let's be very careful that we're not just crimping down and holding on and telling a bunch of rules. That is not how we shape the heart. And uh, love the Lord your God with everything you've got and teach him what it looks like along the way. All right? Huge deal. So this past week was a big week for me. Um, Last week and a half or so, I've started getting taste back uh, at a pretty heavy level. And... um, it's still got some ways to go, but 
Uh, for those who don't know, I had surgery back in January, and uh, we had to get a tumor out, uh, I'll just call it brain tumor for simple, and had to have the brain tumor out and, and lost taste in the midst of it. And so I had somebody come to the house, and actually they gave us a Lou Malnati's pizza, frozen, and said, not allowed to have it till you can taste. And I'm like, seriously? Okay. So I put it in the freezer, and every day I'm tasting, and I'm trying, like, when do we get to have the... And I said this last week, look, I'm start, I can taste salts, I can taste sweets, and like it's time, we're on with Lou Malnati's, man. And uh, so I went in and I got it out and I put it in the oven and put it to 425 and we got it heated up and got it all going and the house just starts smelling awesome. And just the amazing smell of that cheese and the bread cooking and the, the unbelievable tomato, 11 o'clock's going to have a hard time with this illustration. And the tomato sauce that just started bubbling and the sweet in it that was just amazing. Jonna walked back in the house and she goes, "Woo! I can smell that pizza. And uh, it was about time it was ready. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go get the pizza out of the oven. And I went out there and looked around for like four seconds. I was totally impatient. I couldn't find the mitts, so I grabbed a towel and I opened it up. Yeah, oh, you're making the face. I wish I knew what you knew. And so I reached in with the towel doubled up. And I grab the pan and I'm pulling it out and I'm like, oh yeah. And then the weight of the pan starts pushing down and the heat starts transferring in. And I'm like, oh, and I can feel like it's going to blister, you know? And I'm like, but it's Lou Malnati, so I'm not dropping it, <laughs> right? And so I'm reaching this thing over and I'm like, ah, go, woo. And she's like, what did you do? I used a towel to take it out. Oh, why did you do that? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And uh, so I go over and I'm running my fingers under the sink water and Jana comes out and she's taking the pizza out and cutting it up and, and I'm just trying to keep it from blistering as much as I can and I'm typing in and looking under the computer real fast like best way to remove a blister before it starts, you know, and trying to figure all that out. And by the way, don't ever use butter. So the first thing I'm like, hey, I've heard use butter. And I look it up and it's like, don't use butter. Hey, get, forget the butter, right? <laughs> And uh, so it just says, hey, cool water, long time, and see if you can draw the heat out. And I'm like, okay. So I put it in a bowl, take it downstairs. Jana cuts up my pizza. So I'm like three years old now. <laughs> she cuts up my pizza. We're watching something on Netflix. I'm soaking my hand in the bowl as I'm trying to eat bites at a time of Lou Malnati's and enjoy the flavor while my fingers are stinging like crazy. The irony on this, I finally have back taste, and now I'm going to lose the feeling in my fingers. <laughs> what have I done? So I'm keeping my hand in the bowl. Here's the thing, man. When you're watching TV and you're eating Lou Malnati's, you forget about your fingers in the bowl. And it starts rising up, and I don't notice it. And like a minute goes by where it's not quite in the water, and all of a sudden the stinging is horrible. And I'm like, ah, oh, it's not in the water. <laughs> Put it back in. Hold it in the water there for a while, and I got it. It's good. And, and then I'll say, oh, man, it's good. And, What's with my pinky? Oh, yeah. Get the, right, over and over, I had to keep reminding myself to keep it in the water. I left it in for about an hour and a half. Never did blister, praise God, so it must not have been too bad. And um, hurt really bad that night uh, while I had it in the water and stuff. But I'm telling you, once we got through the water phase, we were in a good spot. And uh, what's the point? Uh, man, if we don't immerse ourselves in, you're going to feel the pain. And I mean, we're talking all in love for our God. All in love for our God. 
That's where we have to go with this thing, man. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. Here we go. Love the Lord your God with, now just say the phrase with me, with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. Are you hearing it? All in, all the way down submerged. I'm ready to go after this thing called love. May he be glorified. Man, do not do the partials. You will feel the pain. We'll miss out. We lose out on who he is and the awesomeness of our God. And we miss out on a piece of what he's doing in our life. And it does cause a sting over time. Love the Lord your God. Simple question, are you immersed in him? Are you loving him with all you have? All right. Uh, Point number three. Take every opportunity to teach your children these things. How do we build a family where he is Lord of all? Well, teach your children these things. And, uh, okay, starts out here. You shall teach them diligently to your children. So teach these commands to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you, uh, when you lie down and when you rise. Do a lot of teaching, man. Do a lot of talking about it. That's, that's what he's saying here. But notice it says, you will teach these things. Just so you know, in the original language, it doesn't say teach. It uses a metaphor of a knife. And it says, you will sharpen them really sharp. That's what it's basically saying. It's a metaphor to sharpen your family. It's a tight focus on what matters and who our God is and what he's about and what works in this world and what doesn't work in this world. It's not just practical. Everybody say that with me. It's not just practical. See, we start losing sight. We start getting into just how we navigate through this sinful world, and we start losing sight of the vertical relationship with our God. We do need to teach to the spiritual, and we do need to talk about what it looks like to love them and to pour into them. We have to make clear of what it looks like. In fact, it says so much so that it says, talk of these things, uh, and then it gives examples. When you sit, when you walk, when you lie down, when you rise, uh, think about it. What else do you do except those? He's like, all the time, man. Whether you're standing or sitting or sleeping or waking up or whatever you're going after, I'm telling you, make much of your God. Talk of these things. And uh, this gives you a chance to walk through with your kids and reveal to your kids what you're about, what values you have, that your God is one. That's a big deal. And we maybe tend to walk through that. There's a unity in our God and a uniqueness in our God. And we talk to that. And we just reveal different things at different times. And so I put down a few thoughts here on teaching and talking. Let's just walk through these to make sure we're clear. Four ways that we can talk. Four ways that we can make it clear. Number one, modeling. Like really, if you're going to say it and you're not doing it, it doesn't really matter, okay? And here's what we think, though. This is what we really think. If we're going to say it and we're not doing it, you just say it louder. Isn't that what we think? We're like, don't do that. They're not listening. I said don't do that, right? Our volume goes up. Like somehow that's going to fix the lack of modeling. And uh, volume does not replace model. 
Live it out first. Make sure you're going after points one and points two. What is God's commands? What is he asking me to do? How do I love him? And make sure you're doing that first, okay? Then you go to teaching it. So number one is modeling. Number two, memorizing. Being able to quote off verses and statements and values and reasons you're going after things and having your family be about those. We had a number of different things we had memorized in our home and, and uh, Philippians 4.8, whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, worthy of praise. Man, we had that quoted off with our kids, with us. These are the things we're gonna think on. Doesn't mean we're getting it right every time. It means though that is our value plan. That's what we're going after. And we teach through it. And then in that moment where you're like, this is what we're about. And they're like, well, dad, yeah. Were you about that 10 minutes ago when you were kind of complaining? And no, no, I wasn't. (laughs) Right? And part of the modeling is the real apology. And getting it right before them and showing them that you can fail and then turn on that and get it going. And uh, Yes, modeling, yes, memorizing. One of our big ones, we used to always say this. Um, you've heard me say this before. Do not say you're sorry. Restore the relationship. That's a major difference, right? Have you ever tried this? Right? You're like, say you're sorry. And they're like, sorry. You're like, great, that really helped. That's exactly what I was looking for. Thank you. Right? That's not what we're going after. And so we say, restore the relationship. We had them stand toe-to-toe and have to say, will you please forgive me? I'm sorry for this specific thing. Will you please forgive me? Yes, I forgive you. And then we had the girls always hug. And uh, the, just some level of restoring that went on. We valued the restoring. And, and so, yeah, there's, they got it, man. They understood the restore. There's times where John and I are having a little more um, moment. We're having a moment. And, uh, and the kids would be like, um, restore the relationship. Right? And then you have to show them what it looks like. Right? That's, that's what it's about. And a big deal as you work that out together and what are those values in your family and how does it look to honor God, to follow his commands, to love the Lord your God. Make sure you live it, make sure you model it, make sure you apologize when you're not doing it, all right? So modeling, memorizing. Number three, explaining. Explaining, just so we're clear, explaining happens outside the crisis, not in Explaining is what we do when we're preparing them to be able to handle a crisis, okay? We never do it that way, though, do we? We're moving along, and we're like, crisis pops up. They do something we absolutely don't want, and we're like, knock it off. We don't do those things. Here's the principle we're following, right? And then we start raising our voice because we're not getting the follow. Listen to me now. This is what I'm asking you to, and you're in the middle of the crisis, right? Wherever you're at. Maybe you're in the middle of the mall, and you're trying to bring to bear this godly point, it's just the wrong time. That's not when we should be doing it. Those are a great time for a remind, right? But not actually trying to teach it, all right? So we remind in the crisis, but we're teaching outside of it. We're explaining outside of it. And a huge deal, he says, when you sit, when you rise, when you lie down, when basically all the time. And so you're working throughout the day and you're like, do you see this? And can you see how this works? And do you see why we would say, 
And what makes the most sense then? And, right, and you help them work it through, and they see it in life situations. It can even be one of those where you're walking through the mall, right? And there's another family going sideways. And you're like, thank you, Lord, that it's not us. And in that moment, you can be like, you get past, you show a little respect for the thing, and you're like, did you see what was going on? And uh, yeah, we're not going to be doing that. Like, let's have a value with, let's look at, and depending on the age, you come in with the age-appropriate vocabulary, right? And here's what we're asking you to do, and do you understand why? And right, there's a teach in it where they're not under the gun. That's a huge moment. It makes them so much more readily willing to hear what you have to say when they're not under the gun to be able to just be walking it through with you, okay? It's setting expectations. And then when we get into the crisis, we're just doing the quick, quick remind. And uh, uh, remember, let's step over here, right? Those are the easier way to manage it, okay? And then the last one, review it. Just because we said it once doesn't mean it's done. And that's why he's like, all these different ways when you're sitting, when you're rising, when you're lying, when you're walking, when you're, right? All these different ways go after it. And uh, huge different opportunities for us. And um, okay, so one other statement. Teaching is not controlling. Teaching is assisting. You're trying to get their heart to hear it and feel it and want it. Be very careful. We can quickly replace teaching with controlling and feel like we got it down, but it's like the Nerf ball. You squeeze it, and it looks just like it's all crumpled up, and you're good, and you let go, and it goes right back, right? And let's not try to control it into place. Let's assist. Let's help them see you're shepherding the heart, not just the behavior, all right? Okay, one last statement. Anger and disappointment make terrible teachers. That's why in the crisis is a really bad moment. Anger and disappointment make terrible teachers. All right. So notice what he says here at the end. Uh, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be a frontlet between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Like, dude, I'm just telling you, you should bind them on your hand. There's, they used to wrap these binds all the way around and around a couple of the fingers, and it was a reminder all day long of what they stood for. As they went to pray, they had these reminders all up them. It, when it says this frontlet, they actually wore, it's about an inch and an inch and a half wide, square capped all the way around, and they would tie that between their forehead, between their eyes. It would stick out. They would roll the command or the verse they were going after and roll it up and stick it in there and close the little so it was actually a little carry case for the thing they were trying to remember and go after, okay? I'm not saying you have to do that. You could try it. But uh, honestly, though, hey, just get a reminder. I, I put one on today that I've often worn and that was passed out around here a little, like a couple years back in the high school group, right? You may wear a, a bracelet as a reminder there's something. This one just says, First uh, Chronicles 28.20, no excuses, Right, as David is working through things with God and what it means, and hey man, just remember your God is with you and he's got this in hand, don't step back from it. Right, and just a nice reminder to lean in with your God and trust in him. And maybe it's something on your hand, maybe it's something that you put in your car, maybe it's something on your phone or on your iPad. There's a million different ways to do a little reminder thing, get creative. Just kick to yourself of what should you be going after to be able to love the Lord your God with all you've got, okay? Hear me on this. Deep breath now. Everybody do a deep breath with me. So easy to make this legalistic, 
and four seconds flat. And we just dropped point number two, love the Lord your God with all your heart. My request, with all you've got, passionate, just finding out where God is awesome and telling him about it repeatedly that God might get the glory. Make that your top thing. It says that he will then cause his commands to be written on your heart and then those are the things that you can teach out. Start with loving your God. Start with loving him with all you've got. We start with loving our God. Can I say it enough times? We start with, that's where you go. He is unbelievable. He is Lord of all. He is King of kings. There is no God like our God. There is one God and his name is Jesus Christ. We can know him through Jesus Christ as he relates to us this awesome Godhead. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit blown away with the unity of this God that is one. And he reveals to us his passion and his power and his holiness and his righteousness. And that's our God. Man, may we long for him to be in charge in our life. May we love him with all we've got. And may it trickle down into our families where he's in charge of the home as well. And all of God's people said, let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for who you are, and for what you do in our lives. Lord, our request, teach us, shape us. May we see in you the God of this universe, and may we respond with love and passion. Lord, may we get what it means to sacrifice all for you. May we long for you to take over. Lord of everything, not just Lord of some things. And as we love you and as we thank you and as we praise you, we trust you to write on our hearts the commands that you call us to. Lord, we thank you for the clarity of your word. We long for you to move. May you take over. We love you. We worship you. You are Lord of all. It is in your mighty, redeeming, powerful, saving name we pray these things. And all of God's people said,